welcome to the Nothing But Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Noel. We've got a great show planned for y'all. Hello, everybody. I am back. Welcome to season two of the podcast. We are here. Um, I'm here with a guest that you all know and love, Papa. Papa, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, how you doing? It's good to be on with you again. I can uh, wish you great success in season two. I'm Delighted that you invited me to be your guest again as you open your second season, and uh, I enjoyed all of season one, so I'm looking forward to more podcasts and to helping you out with this episode today. Yes, well, welcome back. Yeah, good Thanks. to have you back. So um, let's just start off with this little uh, YouTube channel that I am quite fond of called Side Talk NYC. So um, yeah. Papa watched some videos of theirs. I watched uh, the one called Coney Island, one called Chippy Chippy, another one called Purim, another one called Fourth of July, another one called World of T-Shirts. I like that they're fairly brief. You can watch them fairly quickly, so that's mm. a good thing. It doesn't take yeah. a lot of time to look at them. I think that's a plus. But why do you like them? What is your What is your take? And then I'll share mine. Okay, so basically my take is, so my friend, you know John, you're yep. on our grandson. Absolutely. Um, the Coney Island Ski Club, he sent me that video. And basically what that video is, is it's, it's not really anything if you, if you watch it. Oh, also I want to preface beforehand, uh, these side talk videos, they're not, it's not like they're bad per se, but they do have a lot of swearing in them and stuff like that. So don't, ask your parents before you watch them. But anyway, uh, Coney Island Ski Club, um, I think, uh, he sent it to me and I really love that video and I thought it was really funny. And I saw it more as just like, you know, people having fun and joking around. Um, so Coney Island Ski Club, I like that. I liked that about it. And as I watched, you know, a few more of these, I realized that they're kind of exploring the different uh, people and places in New York and holidays. Because Purim, I'm pretty sure that's a Jewish holiday. Um, the 4th of July in Dykeman, that's the 4th of July is a, kind of a well-known holiday. Um, and then the World of T-Shirts, he's a... Uh, He's a TikToker who's kind of famous, and he was kind of just going around Times Square talking to people. Chippy Chippy was uh, is also a person. I just like how uh, it showcases the different parts of New York City, different slang of New York City, and kind of just the absurdity of um, life a little bit. Just, you know, everything's kind of crazy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I get that. I totally get that, and I understand what you're saying. And uh, it strikes me that it's it's uh, they're very much in the tradition of a lot of videos that goes back even to the very early days of television. There was a show called Candid Camera, um, and there was another one called Real People, where basically they turned the camera on real people. And that was that was new. That was unusual, because, as you know, most programs that you saw on television were done written by, you know, professionals and actors and directors and technicians that made the shows and told stories and whatnot. These kinds of shows like Candid Cameron, Real People, showed real people. And I think that's what these are. And I think you're quite right in pointing that out about part of the appeal. Uh, it definitely is a look at real people. I'm not sure that I agree with you that they're having fun. I think they're all being very serious in the things that they're saying. And on that side, I take issue because I think they're sharing points of view that are, you know, you have to be prepared for it. You have to be ready for it. And they're not necessarily, you know, opinions that I would uh, agree with. And sometimes I'm sorry to say, I think they seem very ill-informed about some things, yeah. but funny. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think your, mm. your comment about the language is a good one because yes, there are, 
that's how real people talk. So it's not surprising to find it that on these uh, side talk episodes. It doesn't bother me because, you know, people use those words. And I think the world is hung up about language too much. And you got to learn these words somewhere. So why not here, I guess, you know, I'm yeah. sure your parents might disagree and they'd rather you not. But, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I there's a great comedian called George Carlin who took a took a swing at, you know, why do we get so upset about swear words and things like mm-hmm. that? They're just words. You know, yeah. we make them mean more just be objecting to them mm-hmm. when in reality, they're really just meaningless words, too, just like most words. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I thought it was, you know, peop- on life on the street, very natural. That's for sure. Very realistic, mm-hmm. look, realistic look. And uh, and I, and your point is a good one. Yeah. You saw a variety of things there. I've certainly never seen uh, 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 celebration of Purim. I know people of, of uh, Jewish faith, mm-hmm. and I know it's a it's a holiday that matters to them. But I don't know much about it, so I learned something about that. It was very edifying, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so it's kind of a kind of a look into a part of the world that you don't necessarily see. So in that sense, I could see where they're they're good and they, they have appeal. And then did you get the um the they said Bing Bong in the first uh, video? Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, does that does that have meaning? I don't know what that means. Is that yeah. like a catchphrase or something? So the New York, so you know how in Alabama they say uh, "roll tide" for the Crimson Tide, right? Yeah, that's kind of the New York Knicks kind of started that recently. So you know, on the New York subways, I think we have them on the L too. Yeah, they'll, they'll go like doors closing, dun, dun, and like, there's a chime, right? Like yeah, and yeah. So that's that's called being that's like bing bong, and so. Yeah. That, Everyone is always, that's what everyone says. Um, so it's like kind of like go, go new. Kind of means the end of sentence or end of thought or something like that. It's just, yeah, kind of means, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that it became a thing for the New York Knicks, but then it also became a thing just in general for just every, like everyone says bing bong. Like, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll just be talking to my friends and be like bing bong, you know, just yeah. randomly. Yeah. So that's so, a good point. You pick up things and mm-hmm. learn colloquialisms and things that are being said around the world that you wouldn't otherwise get to because because of this. So mm-hmm. in that sense, it's interesting that it's spreading things like that. And, and uh, uh, as, as you know, I'm an old dog. So social media is kind of a new thing for me to try to get my head around and wrap uh-huh. my head around. But for you and your friends and your listeners, you know, it's it's very natural thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this explained a lot to me and enlightened me in many ways about what is it that happens on social media. And here it is, you know, in full yeah, kind of... full display. So mm-hmm. I get it. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah. Not ne- I have to say it's not necessarily my cup of tea, but that's because I'm an old fart. So you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I get the appeal, and and mm-hmm. you know I do appreciate the effort that went into taping these things and putting them up on YouTube. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Have you so, done one? Have you submitted any yourself? Uh, no, I have not. This is by a person named Trent Samoan, and I forget his uh, cameraman. But oh, okay. It, so it's not anybody, just not uh, everybody can do it's it. It's not, yeah. It's these two guys, I think college It's his channel. Uh, and they just kind of go around New York. Yeah. Talking yeah. to people, just doing stuff. Yeah. Got so, it. Big yeah. yeah. Oh, um, well, you should start one in Chicago. I think, I think that would be great. Side Talk Chicago. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good that I think it's good that everyone doesn't agree with me. I think I'm not saying, Papa. I'm not. I'm not saying. You know, your opinion. I, it's good to have different opinions. That's, what that's we right. Want Absolutely. Podcast. That's what we want. The viva la différence. Yes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> As the French used to say. And yeah. Yeah. I think diversity is important in the world, and and mm-hmm. difference of opinion. I don't. You know. I still. I still think highly of you, and I am impressed by what you're doing, and I. I thank you for sharing them with me. Mm. You may remember you turned me on to hip hop. I didn't know much about yeah. hip hop. And then you uh-huh. sent me that, uh, 
clued me in on that uh, uh, documentary that was running, and I watched that, and I learned a lot about hip-hop that I didn't understand. So yeah. thanks for helping keep me young and hip. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Another yeah, example of that. So I may not always like it, but it's okay. You know, I'm <laughs> open-minded. I like to think that I'm pretty open-minded about things, too, and I'm in, impressed with how you're finding these things mm -hmm. and, and how you feel about them, too. Certainly respect that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was the segment of talking about side talk nyc so shout out to side talk nyc there it's definitely if hey you can you know i think anyone can like it dislike it but it's definitely an interesting channel you know what I'm saying? well and, you know and as i mentioned up front in my comments you know the old show of candid camera and a show called real people it was interesting because you saw people you saw real people just like in side talk but not every episode that they showed was interesting or funny you know some were kind of dumb actually yeah so you know it's kind of hit and miss and that's the difference when you just go out and turn a camera on real life somehow it's not nearly as dramatic as it is when you write the show you know write the story and make a movie or make a tv show or something like that there's a way to make it dramatic and make it funny and that's why they're appealing to us but in this sense, you're looking at real life. So sometimes it's going to resonate and sometimes it's not. Definitely, definitely. All right, let's go on to our next segment, which is top three. So yeah, right. Uh, we're doing our top three. So this is maybe our most interesting or favorite or just like historical photos in general. Right, yeah. So, um, Papa, can you start us off with your number three historical photo? Yeah, my first is... Uh, um, it's actually a body of work. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the name Matthew Brady, mm -hmm. but he was a photographer that lived in the middle 1800s when photography was just coming into being. It was just invented and uh, people were beginning to work in that medium. And he was one of the first to really perfect it as an art form and a form of communication. And probably one of his most famous photographs is a photograph that he made of president abraham lincoln mm -hmm. it's one of the first photographs of a president that exists and he also had lots of photos that he took in and around the civil war and and uh, documented things that you know we would not otherwise have been able to see had it not been for his work which also makes it very very interesting so i don't know if you've ever seen any of his photos but that was i put him on my list for sure yeah he kind of takes you back to the beginning infantry infancy of photography before then if you wanted a quick picture of somebody you had to hire an artist that would paint a portrait or draw their picture and some artists are very good and they can do that and it looks very realistic so we have an archive of People like George Washington, we know what he looked like because of that. But photographs is a whole different medium, and it really started. Uh, and he was one of the first to make it popular. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this uh, I'm. I looked him up now. Uh, yeah, everyone's seen that picture of Lincoln. I think that's one of the most famous. Yeah. Pictures of a U.S. president. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. That's a good one. Maybe I'll check out more of his work. All right. So my oh, sorry, were you gonna say something, Papa? No, no. Go okay. ahead. My number three. Um, you might have to look this one up, but um, wait, I'm just going to make sure um, there's a picture out there. It's it's I don't know what the name of it is, but it's um, of I think. it. Wait, 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 wait. I think I can find this. Wait one second. Pop up, sorry. Give me one second. People, sure. Audience, give me one second. Um, looking it up on my computer. Yeah. So. You know the dude who wrote The Godfather? Uh, the book, the author, Mario Puzo? Yeah, Mario Puzo. Yeah. Yeah. So basically on the cover of one, yeah, it's on the cover of The Fortunate Pilgrim, which uh -huh. is a book by him. 
there's a picture of um you know maybe it, it's going to be hard to describe so you might have to look it up but it's a picture of these this couple and their child like standing on what looks like Ellis Island looking out into New York City and I really like this picture just because like I I don't know it just it's it signifies so much of just like this this couple could be it could be anyone it could be Italians, Germans, you know, just any race, any religion, any anything, but they're just they're coming to America and I kind of like how it's like they're going from the old world and they're looking into the new world, which is America and New York City. I I just really like that how symbolic it is, you know. Yeah, I'm googling the 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 phrase to see if I get the picture. Oh, here it is. Okay, there's his book. Yeah, and you say it's the cover photo that's on the cover of the yeah. book, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's an ebook. Oh, wait, there it is. Oh, yeah, I see it. It's a you're, you're looking like over the shoulder from the backside of a immigrant who's looking at uh, uh, must be on Ellis Island. That must yeah. be where the image is from. They're on Ellis Island. They could see New York across the water, across the harbor. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's certainly a classic image, and certainly speaks to a period of time when there were lots of people coming to the United States from other countries, other worlds. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Right. Good choice. I like it. Thank you. So what's your number two, Papa? Uh, well, let's see. I actually have three more, but I've got to pick two. So let's see. The next one is one I'm sure you'll appreciate it. And it's probably one of the most iconic pictures from World War II era. Mm-hmm. Uh, after, the, after the Marines uh, battled their way on Iwo Jima to uh, take over that island and unseat the Japanese forces that were embedded there. As they worked their way closer and closer to the main island, they raised the flag on the hilltop, and a photographer happened to be nearby, and he snapped the image of this. It's kind of like a, a, a gaggle of about six or seven Marines hoisting a flagpole with an American flag on it uh, to signify that they had captured the island and had taken over the real estate. And it's probably one of the most iconic photographs of an image from World War II that, that uh, people people uh, would, would recall or, or may have seen. Are you familiar with that at all? Yes, very, yeah. very, not very familiar, but yeah, I've definitely seen it in yeah. the book about World War II. Yeah, I, like, I, I think you made some good points. I think this photo is it's quite iconic. You see it a lot in, um, I feel like, just posters in general about like yeah, the u.s right. army and stuff like that yeah it kind of shows very like resilience like you know they a lot of people died in on in Iwo Jima. I, oh very yes yeah. it was a bloody period of i think months of battling if you would know better because you're a much better student of yeah. history than i am but uh yeah very very bloody fighting the uh, japanese were very well entrenched on the island and uh you know, we didn't have quite the sophisticated weaponry that we do now. But even with what we have now, at some point, you still have to put boots on the ground, as they say. Yeah. And that's when the really tough fighting takes place. And it was the Marines who led the vanguard. That was their specialty. Amphibious landings and battling on the ground in places like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a good picture. It's it's, uh, it's, an, if, it's a very important picture, I would say. So. Yeah. 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 All right. So my number two favorite picture of all time is called Earthrise. Have you seen this picture before, Papa? Taken from outer space? From yes. The, from uh, the yeah. 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 Um, the reason why I like this one is just it's it kind of makes you it look at how small Earth looks. And then it's a play on sunrise. And you right. just kind of think you just kind of sit back and think and think, wow, like we're we're 
not we're not we're not as big as we thought you know we're just a tiny little planet bunch of little people on it yeah it just and it also really shows how i mean humans are so cool we made it to the moon and we are taking pictures of earth and stuff like that so i right. think yeah. earth rise is definitely a good one yeah now you know that happened in it happened in my lifetime i'm old enough to have been around when the mm. the moonshot took place and the guys that you know landed on the moon it was quite riveting to follow the whole thing from earth as we you know we were watching it it was a big television event and television was kind of in its infancy but that was one of the things that really made television so widely popular and interesting was the ability to follow something like that and then yeah when we saw those images being broadcast back from the surface of the moon and that particular shot of the earth rising as the sun would rise on earth they were watching the earth rise as you say on uh, the moon uh was amazing to look at it yeah and yeah the size was definitely interesting because we you know we live on the surface of the earth so to us it's huge but when you put it in the spectrum of the universe as a whole it's just a speck just literally Mm -hmm. a speck so have you ever looked at uh i'm sure you can get these images from the international space station as it's as it flies around the earth uh it broadcasts almost continuously what it sees when it's looking down from, you know, wherever it is, how many miles above the earth it is. Mm-hmm. And that's also pretty interesting because you lose the perspective. You don't see the city. You just see the earth. You see the outlines of the, of the uh, continents and the mountain ranges and things in that, at that scale. But humanity is almost invisible when you're, when you're looking at it from that high up in the sky, except at night when all the lights are on. And that's another interesting picture as it flies overhead and looks down on the planet. You can see where the different cities are by the light, light pollution, so to speak, that they put up. I think, yeah, I agree that I think that the light pollution is also pretty interesting just because like you always see uh, when you're looking at one of those light pollution maps, you see um when you see chicago you're like that's really cool but at the same time light pollution is not that cool because we can't see the stars you know right yes we miss that we don't see the true sky at night around here because there's too much background lights yeah yeah and then also to uh backtrack to you said the uh, you know a lot of things papa um well thanks i don't know everything but thanks. (laughs) yeah but um you said the the moon landing earth you know that whole kind of era kind of helped jumpstart television a little bit yeah, um, would you did, weren't you? I feel like I've talked to you about this before, but could you like didn't John F. Kennedy and the Richard Nixon debate? How did that didn't did that help? That was a big moment in television history as well, too. And, and uh, um, it was the first time a presidential debate was ever broadcast live on television so that people could actually watch the candidates present their arguments and speak. Prior to that time, it was only done on radio Mm -hmm. so that you couldn't see the candidates. You could only hear them, which, of course, is what radio is. And the interesting thing is when they polled and and, and, uh, asked people after the debate who won, if the people watched it on television, they liked they preferred Kennedy and they said he won the debate because he looked more youthful and vigorous and Nixon looked more dark and old and mm. decrepit looking on. These were their words not no, mine, yeah, on it, the television oh. screen because people didn't understand yet what TV was all about. And those who listened to it on the radio 
not gave the win to Nixon because he was much better informed, according to their views. And indeed, he was a very brilliant man. As terrible as he was as a president, he was a pretty smart guy. And he was very well, well versed in foreign affairs and, and really, you know, was not was not, not shabby in that regard. So it's not surprising that if all you did was hear them, you might think he was better of the two. But seeing them, you know, the, the nod went uh, clearly in favor of Kennedy. And that's a famous story from the early days of TV. Even though in, in that time, it was one of the first televised debates, yeah. television was still not that widespread yet. You know, in fact, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. It used to television stations went off the air at like 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night. There was nothing on TV overnight Mm -hmm. and it didn't come back on until six or seven o'clock in the morning because they either figured nobody was watching or, you know, there weren't that many people out there or maybe just cost too much money to broadcast through the nighttime. Now, of course, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can't miss, you know, but Mm -hmm. uh, eventually so many people started watching television and and, uh, following the space race and the development of moonshot and everything like that. By then, most people in the United States and, and uh, in the developed nations around the world owned televisions, and it was much, much more widespread. And that's that's what I was meaning, I guess, when I made that comment earlier in the podcast, yeah. that, that was the, the moon landing was probably one of the first really huge worldwide television audiences uh, uh, in the era of TV as it was beginning. Yeah, and uh, just, just want to say to the audience, the this um the thing about nixon that was papa's word you don't have to agree with that that's not the podcast stance i'm not yelling at you papa right no that's fine yeah Yeah, and i'm just i'm just parroting back what i remember because i remember i was as you may recall i'm a communications my degree from the university is in communications and we studied things like that so that was something we studied was the effect of television on political campaigns and uh It's interesting now when you watch a presidential debate, they go to great lengths to make sure the, the candidate has the right color suit, the right color tie, looks good, has makeup if they need it so they don't look like they're dead. You know, it's all it's all true. And uh, how you feel about candidates, of course, is a very personal thing. But my commentary about Nixon and about Kennedy was more in line with what was said about them yes, yeah. at that time by the people that studied the effect of the debates being it being watched on TV or on uh, uh, or on uh, radio, listened to on the radio. But thanks yes. for pointing that out. And you're right. I'm not. I don't speak for your podcast. That's for sure. Yes, but my, you... my opinions are mine. That's for sure. I'm, oh. I'll own them. <laughs> yeah, you don't speak on the podcast, or you're. You don't speak for the podcast, but you do speak on the podcast. Right? right, exactly. All right, let's go to the number, your number one historical photo, all-time pop Yeah, it's also a World War II image that you may also be familiar with. It's a picture from, uh, was uh, VE Day, the day the, the, the war, the, the day it was announced that the, the fighting in Europe had come to an mm-hmm. end. And there's a happened to be a photographer from uh, Life magazine in Times Square where yeah, thousands of people had gathered to cheer Ticker tape was raining down from the roof, from the windows of the buildings that surround Times Square. And a sailor grabbed a hold of a nurse and leaned her back and gave her a big kiss. And he snapped yeah. the picture right at that moment. And that's another one of those classic, iconic photographs from the World War II era that many people have seen through the ages. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when you said, let's identify historic photos, that's one that first came to mind was that one. Yes, that one is definitely, it's definitely iconic. It definitely just shows, uh, you know what, we're going to celebrate. The death and destruction and everything is over. Yep. 
as and the relief that people feel, you know, when mm-hmm. when the battle is done and there's no more killing, everybody is happy. That's yeah. good. I mean, I just want to say I I haven't like World War Two. Um, you didn't experience World War Two. I didn't experience World War Two. I don't think there's been anything. I don't think. All right, this is this is another opinion thing, but World War Two was such a big war for everyone that it's just like I don't think we can kind of comprehend how big and how big the celebration must have been and everything like that. Like World War Two, there not nothing has matched up to it in my lifetime yet. You know what I'm saying? Right, and it's it's and let's hope that it never comes to that yeah. again. That that. Uh, the, the breadth of the world won't get involved and engaged in an armed conflict of that scale ever again. And hopefully, uh, yeah. hopefully we've learned that lesson. Uh, but, you know, I'm not naive. The history of humanity is marked by conflicts, constant conflicts and constant battles and constant wars. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the difference of World War II was that the, uh, 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 the, the weaponry... You know what we, and I'm not a big fan of military weapons. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of war at all. So after that's my opinion, of course, but you know, the, the, the weapons of war today are much different than they were then. And it was more of a, you know, you had to be face to face with your troops and the, the naval battles were huge. I don't think we'll ever see naval battles like we saw in World War II and the ground battles involving tanks and artillery and infantry. I think that kind of fighting is is not necessarily going to happen again because we have yeah. so much more weaponry that can be done from a distance and from remote locations. Right. That yeah. It's not going to require that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I'm not so naive as to think it can't happen again. And yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, thank goodness. Uh, but you're right. That was, well, they called it a world war for a reason because it was, you know, it was a world war. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that was a good number one. Okay. My number one all time is the lunch atop a skyscraper. Have you seen this one? Uh, is it one where the guys are building the skyscraper and they're sitting up there in their hard hats having their lunch boxes? Yes, and... that's it. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which, which skyscraper is it? The Empire State Building or is it the Sears I, Tower or the, the uh, John de- Hancock? It's definitely in New York. I'm pretty sure it's the Empire Probably State the building. Empire State Building. I, I might be wrong, but yeah. the reason I like this photo so much is for uh, two reasons. Um, number one, just the brotherhood. And all these guys just, you know, they could they could fall and then they would die. But just the brotherhood of like, we're helping just like build, build something great that people will look over and at for years and years and years to come. And that they're all just they're kind of if you look at the photo, they just kind of look chill. They're all just sitting there eating their lunch because that was everyday life. Yeah. Number two, what I like about it is the if you look in the background, there's all these other buildings there and maybe central park in the background i don't really know uh, can you see some? i don't know i don't know i'm not from new york but just all these buildings and all this stuff and all these clothes and all these everything just like showing human achievement i think at its finest so just like here's a bunch of buildings and then we're building another building and we just we just keep going and keep pushing on and everything like that so yeah i think that's why i like that photo yeah, well, you know, the, the metro area of Chicago is renowned for its skyscrapers, and it's where the skyscraper was originally developed by architects in the late 1800s and early 1900s. New York quickly seized on the opportunity of building skyscrapers, mm-hmm. 
Yonkers. And when you go, you've been to Manhattan, so you, you know it's everything is tall there. Chicago, the downtown area is all high rises, but as you get away from the loop, not so much. But in Manhattan, it's much, much, much more wall to wall skyscrapers, tall buildings. Uh, Chicago will get there eventually. We're just a few hundred years behind New York. So yeah. give us time, you know. But, mm-hmm. uh, but the same idea the steel workers, they're the ones you're talking about that, that do that high, high level work on those skyscrapers. They're a special breed, and it's pretty amazing. You can't be afraid of heights and do that job. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I don't imagine it's very easy, but they seem to make it look so easy walking along those girders at you know mm-hmm. hundreds of stories in the air without you know fear. And uh, uh, having said that, though, there you know there were lots of people who died building the Empire oh, State Building and, and uh, uh, some of the buildings in Chicago. But eventually, they learned how to do it more safely. And uh, not as much of a problem to to make them nowadays, or as dangerous as it used to be. But that was a death-defying job to have. That's for sure. Those guys are a special breed, and I, yeah. from what I've heard and what I've read of them, they're very proud of their work, as they should be. And mm-hmm. imagine how that would be. Imagine taking your son or your grandson and saying, "See that Empire State Building? I built that. That was up sick. there on the top. You know, <laughs> yeah, something to look at with pride for sure." Yeah, this. Uh, I agree with you on the. Um the death the death I, it's very sad that the people died i think that you see that you kind of feel a certain feeling you went to like revolutionary war and civil war um battlefields and stuff like that right Papa? yeah yep so um of course they're not to the same degree building a skyscraper and fighting in a war but like right. you just feel this certain you just feel this certain that like all those people like i think i was in sarah I was in Bull Run. Bull Run was one. And a lot of people died at Bull Run. I yes. don't know much about it. A lot of people the, died. I think uh, the Civil War is one of the highest death counts yeah. of any of the wars, including World War II, although the death count in World War II was significant. But yeah. Civil War was, what, half a million, 500,000 or more deaths? Yeah. I th- not. I think it's just like all those people just like died, not not for you per se, but for your your... I mean, it's, do you kind of want to get what I'm getting at? It's just like amazing that like, cause you only get one life, you know what I'm saying? You right. Get, yeah. And those people gave it up so that you could, you know, not you person, you, you get it right. Right. Yeah. No, right. I know what you're saying. And I think, you know, this, the individual soldier is to be honored and respected for the sacrifice that they made. If they lost their life, absolutely. They should be honored for that. But if they served and they didn't lose their life, even better if they came back alive to their family and friends. Mm-hmm. The problem, uh, the issue of the Civil War is the, the technology of taking care of the wounded was so, you know, medical knowledge wasn't that great. And there were lots of lots of deaths, but then there were also a lot of men who lost an arm or a leg. And, you know, they survived, but they were completely maimed and disfigured and would be for the rest of their lives. And that still happens today. But medical technology is so much greater and, and uh, battlefield medicine is amazing what they're able to do to save lives that they couldn't, you know, 100 years ago or 50 years ago, even during World War Two. But the notion of the honor and the valor of somebody that serves in the in the military is certainly worthy of our respect and, and, mm-hmm. and so forth. And I look at it this way, you know. Many men and women, you know, sign up to serve in the armed forces and, you know, bless them for their service and their sacrifice and their willingness to do that. 
But unfortunately, they have to do that because the politicians and the, the leaders of the countries that instigate the wars and send the troops off to fight haven't figured out a way to resolve their differences without military battle. You know, look at what's happening right now, the Ukraine and the buildup on the border of Belarus and Russia. You know, the world is kind of nervously watching that and worried that a armed conflict is about to break out at any moment. And it very well could. Well, that's truly sad. You know, can't we figure out a way to do this where young men who serve with honor, but do they really have to give up their lives? I mean, is that the best we can do? I I think there's got to be a better way to resolve the differences. And I, you know, I don't have the answer. So who am I to talk, I guess. But, you know, thank God we do have a military that's capable of protecting us and our interests. But I wish we didn't have to, is my point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Shout out to all the veterans. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, war, the Nothing But Nolan podcast does not support war. We support veterans, but not support. We don't right. actually. That's right. Veterans, thank you for your service. Yeah. I wish war never happened. You know, I wish no one. That's that, right. That happened. But it's back to the New York thing. The yeah. big Chicago. Um, uncle, you know, uncle, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he he said he went. So he went to New York and then he went back to Chicago and he thought like, oh, the Chicago sky, like on a plane. He's like the Chicago skyline. It's so small. Because when you go to New York, it it feels like massive. You know right. what I'm saying? That's right. Well, yeah. New York is like three times larger than Chicago, if not yeah. more. I mean, the metropolitan area is three times larger than ours is in terms of population. So it's not surprising that there's much more, much more taller buildings, many more taller buildings, because there's just more people that live there. So, yeah, there's just... you know, we'll, we'll get there eventually. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, uh, light pollution from outer space. I still remember when I was a kid in junior high, the science teacher showed us a, a picture of uh, the Chicago area at night taken from one of the astronauts flying over in his capsule. And you can see this big blob of light that was Chicago. And then to the north was Milwaukee. And I still remember this. My science teacher made the statement. He said, you know, in your lifetime, that will just be one continuous blob of light. Eventually, people will fill in the space between those two cities. Yeah. And it sure is happening. And uh you know, that's that's what led for New York, led New York to be as large as it is. And your uncle's quite right. There are a lot more high rises and it's more impressive when you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. But I think the Chicago skyline is one of the most stunning and most beautiful yes, skylines in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I wasn't saying New York. I, yeah, New York. Is I great, love New York. I'm a big fan of New York, too. Chicago's Chicago's my favorite city. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So that. Was the podcast? This is the longest podcast I've ever recorded on Nothing But Dolan. This is 35 minutes so far. Good chat. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you uh, for coming on, Papa. We're all you're always welcome here. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, Love you happy. too. And, and uh, good luck with season two. I think this is yes. awesome and uh, it's amazing to watch you get even better at doing this. It's, it's really cool, and I'm so thankful that you invited me to be a part of it. Yeah, well, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to leave a five star review.